0: well, good morning. Oh, that's so terrible. Come on. Good morning. Man, we're glad to be. Are you glad to be in the presence of the Lord this morning? Man, I hope you are. I hope you are. Listen, today is such a big day in the life of our church. Today it kind of ends our Global Impact Conference week. It started Wednesday night. We had a great kickoff at the Oviedo campus, uh, in a, in, at the heart of Oviedo, and it was a great day and a great night, and, and it was just a moment that all these missionaries got to be there, and we got to see what God is doing across the globe, and especially even in home and nationwide and even in foreign countries. And so it was an amazing moment for us, and this year we have over 30, 30 different missionaries represented a part of our Global Impact Conference, and we are blessed today to have some of them with us. So I'm just going to call some names out. I think we're going to have their logo on the screen. We're going to ask you to stand up. First of all, Psalm 67 Ministry. Uh, Karen and Julie, where are you guys at? Yeah, stand up right there. Let's give them a hand. They were able to share with their ladies today, and they do a great ministry in the heart of Vietnam and training and leadership. And, man, these ladies have a passion for the Lord, and we're so so thankful you guys are with us today. And then we have Mission 823. Sean Sullivan, where are you at, Sean? Right there in the back, everybody. Look right there. Sean, let's give him a hand. Sean's part of a ministry that rescues uh, kids in Ukraine. And puts them into youth camps to kind of lead them down the path of what it means to know and love Christ. And so we love that. And then we also have Austin Nipper. Where are you at Austin? Is Austin here? He had to go. Austin is a part of UCF campus. He, he's kind of invaded the Greek life there. And he's creating Bible studies in these sororities and fraternities. And it's making a huge difference there. And then today we have uh, Echo Church, which is Trenton Mueller and Jason Polk. You guys stand up so everybody can see you. Yeah, both of you. That's all right. There you go. There you go. All right. Now, let me just tell you real quickly the purpose of Global Impact Conference, because I've been asked this a couple of times this, this last couple of weeks, what's the, really the purpose of our Impact Conference? Well, it's a couple of purposes. Number one, we bring 30 different missionaries from across the globe, stateside and abroad, here, so you get a chance to see there's how many ministries that are going on across the world. I mean, listen, do you all, we all realize that we are part of the same calling? We're all to reach people for the gospel of Christ, Amen. And so sometimes we can think just in the box of it, just our little world, but it's across the globe. And so it's a great opportunity to bring these missionaries in to see what God is doing through their ministry. And really the goal is to compel us to do a couple of things. One of those things is to give, to give to missions. In fact, you know, last year our church Uh, committed to give $400,000 between Oviedo campus and East campus toward the Global Impact Missions. And you know what? That did a lot of things for us. We were able to plant a church in Haiti that cost $50,000 through Compassion International, and that church is not only growing, it is exploding, and they're having kids come in left and right, and Tim Dix got to go and visit them to see what God is doing there. We were able to take kids uh, like teenagers who've never been on a mission trip and pay half their way to go. We've been able to support missionaries stateside and abroad because of the gifts of Cross Life Oviedo and Cross Life East. And so one of our goals in Global Impact is for you not just to talk about, hey, giving to missions, but you to see real missionaries and go, that's real people doing real work in a broken world. And yes, we're on their team. And yes, we're for them. Yes, we're with them. And we want to be part of that. So in your worship folder today, you saw a little envelope with a card. It's about giving. Listen, if you're new to Cross Life, just don't pay any attention to it. But if you're not, if you're part of Cross Life East or you're part of Cross Life Oviedo, I'm just going to ask you to take that card and just pray about over the next 12 months from all of 2020, what can I give to missions to support the work that's going on around the globe, that our church can take all this money and allocate it in a way that's going to make the greatest investment in the world that we live in. So that's one of our reasons for Global Impact Conference. But another reason that's really big for us is that we might be compelled to go. Patrick said a while ago, how many of you have neighbors? Come on. How many you have neighbors? Everybody has a neighbor, unless you live in a, a hole under the ground, right? Everybody has a neighbor. We all do. You know what? How many think you have neighbors that don't know Jesus? Guess why God planted you there? to send you, to go. And so part of the reason we do Global Impact Conference, for you to hear all these stories and something in you to be birthed to go, it's time to go. It's time to be part of this. So, yes, with this, as we go through the day, my prayer for us as a church is that we would think about how can I give, but also how can I go? Whether it's going on a trip with one of these mission agencies or if we're just going across the street to my neighbor, how can I go? Now, tonight, we're going to wrap up Global Impact. It's going to be at Oviedo Campus. It's going to be a great, great service. Please be there and be part of the time. And like Baptists, always, there will be food. It's going to be great, and you're going to want to be there. Now, this morning, we have a special guest speaker. That I'm so excited to introduce. I could talk way too long about him because uh, he just he's near and dear to my heart. Jason Polk's going to be speaking in just a moment. Jason was a part of my student ministry from 95 to 2000 while I lived in Murfreesboro. His dad was the pastor of the church, and probably the greatest impact in my life and my ministry was his dad's influence in me. And so I learned from the best. And so all throughout ministry, God has taught me that investing matters. And so Jason was part of our student ministry. His twin brother, Joel, and his sister, Rachel Rachel. who are, by the way, already doing ministry. Rachel's where right now, Jason? Africa, doing ministry. And she's been like two decades overseas doing the kingdom work. And Joel's working for Lifeway, doing great work there. And Jason and Trenton have started Echo Church. And they've moved from Nashville, Tennessee, God's country. And they moved all the way to Anaheim, California, not God's country. And they're planning a church there. And I want Jason to do, just share his story, share how we could be inspired by that. So let's give a warm Cross Life East welcome to my brother and friend, Jason Polk.
1: Thank you, everybody. I love you too, man. Let me move this over. I'm going to need this. I'm going to move somebody's sunglasses and iPad out of the way. That's perfect. Um, Wow, this is incredible. This is so... um, this is, a, this is something that we've been looking forward to for um, a long time. I don't know if any of you participated this weekend in the missions conference, but like Doug said, it has been absolutely incredible on so many levels. Um, our heart, our goal... This uh, this weekend is for us to really lean into what God is doing. I think there are a lot of us that that are like, okay, well, that's not for me. That's not who I am. That's not my calling. Uh, My calling is just here. I'm going to be a pew sitter. Right. And and what we've learned this weekend and what we're going to continue to learn is that's not true. And like Patrick said this morning, I love that song. It encaptures this whole weekend. And, And so right now, I feel like there might be some people in this room that are just not quite sure. Maybe, maybe they're, they're not quite sure about Christ and who he is and the relationship you have with, with him. Maybe you're not quite sure about the calling that God has placed on your life. Maybe you feel like God has stirred you and urged you in certain ways, but you're not sure what that exactly is. Maybe he's given you a little taste of what he wants you to do, but you're terrified. You're terrified about stepping out in faith and saying yes to God. And this morning, my prayer is for us all to lean in and consider how God is calling us to take a step of faith. Um, hey, we've been praying all morning, but I feel it necessary. Can we pray together before we start? Heavenly Father, we love you. Lord, for those that walked in this morning with, with just um, things that are so heavy, Lord, would you release those things right now so that they could hear you so clearly calling them to a specific work? Lord, for those this morning who, who have never known you, who are interested but, but just not quite sure who you are or what even that means to follow you, Lord, Would you break down walls this morning that that are preventing them from hearing you this morning? And would you allow them to say yes to you for the first time? For those in this process, in this journey already, Lord, would you allow us to press in, to press on, to keep going, to give us encouragement, Lord, as, as, as it's hard, as it's tough, Lord? Lord, here we are this morning. Send us, Lord, would you move this morning in a powerful way? It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, so, so like I said, I'm honored to be here for a couple of different reasons. First of all, because of Cross Life East and Cross Life, we, we, we are now partners together in mission. And we are so excited to be a part of that, uh, to be doing work in, in Los Angeles, um, uh, only because of, of the support and the partnership and the prayers of this church. And we are so thankful, but also I'm excited about this morning and I'm honored to be here this morning because like Doug said, this is kind of full circle for me, right? This is full circle. He said a little bit, but my dad planted a church about 30 years ago and Doug was one of the first hires. He was the youth pastor, right? He did a lot more as an as early church, right? But he was the youth pastor and specifically my youth pastor. And I want to tell you, and this is not just for show. This is not just for good rapport. This is the truth. <clears throat> Your pastor has poured into me and discipled me in a way um, that I will never forget. It's given a lasting impact in my life. And like he talked about my father, um, he was much of that to me in my life. And and the reason I'm even here is uh, is much because of the influence and support um, and the encouragement and the discipleship that this uh, man has given me. So you guys are blessed to have uh, this man. Am I right? Yeah, we can clap for that. So Doug, thank you so much. I appreciate you allowing me to be here. He asked me, Doug asked me to, um, to, to share kind of a testimony, but hey, I'm not going to take a stage and, and, and not share with you the word of God and preach what God is doing. And so maybe God can challenge us. But before we do that, just some context. About four years ago, my wife and I, um, my wife's name is Rachel, um, we were living in, in a small town called Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and I was serving as a, as a, as a college pastor there and a worship pastor there, and, and my wife was a speech pathologist, and, and our lives were good, right? We were good. We didn't have, uh, we had no reason to leave what we were doing, um, but we started to hear God stir within our hearts, right? Um, we felt like God was calling us to missions, and we had no idea what that looked like like? No idea. But we took a little bit of step of faith, right? And we went to this conference. It was called Sin Conference. It was much like the conference that you guys participated in this weekend. And in that conference, we heard stats like 200 million unchurched people in America. Did you know that? 200 million making America the fourth largest unchurched nation in the world. We heard stats like 350,000 evangelical churches in the States. Four out of every five are either plateaued or they're dying. Four out of every five. And that broke our hearts. And so my wife and I started to, to, to pray and to think and to, uh, to consider what God was doing so, so we started this journey. God shifted our focus towards Los Angeles. We, we started to research and pray about these areas that, that experts have identified as areas of great need, right? Um, can I get an amen? L.A. is an area of great need, right? And so God shifted our focus towards Los Angeles, and we fell in love with the people in the city. But we started to see a stark disparity in the number of churches there compared to places like we're from, Right? So where we're we're planting, specifically in Anaheim, California, there are, if you put a pinpoint into the place that we're currently meeting, it's about a 10-mile radius, okay, about a 15-minute drive radius, 2.1 million people in one English-speaking Southern Baptist church. One. One. So God broke our hearts for these people in this place. And, And let me tell you, we love Los Angeles, we love Los Angeles. Let me say um, that many people don't love Los Angeles. Many people would love if Los Angeles kind of broke off and floated out in the middle of the ocean, right? Um, we were talking with my grandmother and telling her that we were planning a church. She has no idea what that means. And so we were telling her, "said uh, hey, we're planning a church. We're moving to California. She said, uh, her sweet, sweet little old grandmother said, of all the places in the world you've chosen to go, you've picked the absolute worst. That's what she told us. Now, now, certainly many of you don't share that same opinion, right? Um, but, but we believe, I believe that, uh, I love Los Angeles, but more, more important than that, we believe that God loves Los Angeles. God loves Los Angeles, and he's doing a great work in Los Angeles, and, and we want to be a part of it. We want to be a part of what God's doing, and we've been living there for about 12 weeks, We're a baby church. We've been meeting for about five weeks, and God's already starting to move. And so we would ask, would you pray for us? Would you pray for our team? Would you pray for our church? Would you pray for the families in our church? Would you pray for open doors and open opportunities to share the love of Christ with those around us? My passage tonight is in Acts chapter 8. You can go ahead and turn there if you have your Bibles, Acts chapter 8. My goal this morning, to be very clear, is first to faithfully walk through this passage of Scripture, right? And encourage all of us to consider God's calling on our lives. And be faithful to say yes to step one, even if we don't know step two. Verse 26, it says this. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, said, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and he went, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in the charge of all of her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship and and was returning seated in his chariot. And he was reading the prophet Isaiah, and the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you were reading? And he said this, how can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb before its shear is silent. So he opens not his mouth and his humiliation justice was denied. And Who can describe his generation? For his life was taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom I ask, does the prophet say? This is important. This is key. About himself or someone else. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, would you move this morning? Would you speak to us? Holy Spirit, would you you help us to understand and see your scriptures this morning and how it would apply to to the Son and and to, to, to our lives, how you would call us not just to listen, not just to hear, but to respond, to move, to go, to act, and to be who you're calling us to be. Lord, would you move so powerfully this morning that there would be some in this room this morning who would be called out. Lord, be with us this morning. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So here's some context. So far in the Acts of, of the Apostles, we see mass conversions happening, right? We see 3,000 souls being saved at Pentecost. We see Peter having an opportunity to heal a lame beggar. Do you remember in, the, in front of the temple? And, and then engage a, a huge crowd of people that, that gathered around to hear the story of the risen Christ. So we see mass conversions. We see the the church start to explode, right? But the text this morning is very different. The text this morning is different. This morning we see one man being changed eternally by the power of the Holy Spirit, but through the obedience of another man. It's different. You know, I I grew up in 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 church, and I've been to conferences and different things, and concerts, and all these things where you uh, you have an invitation, and people just flood the aisles, right? Have you seen that? Uh, I remember going to the Billy Graham Crusade when I was young, and I just saw these people just flooding down the stadium staircases, right, and giving their lives to Christ. It's beautiful, right? It's biblical, but is it? prescriptive of how God wants to move and use all people to come to know the salvific work of Jesus Christ. No, it's it's incredible, it's purposeful, it's biblical, but, but it's not the only way that God works in and through people. This morning we see something different. I think there's something here for all of us this morning. My, my, story, my story is this. I said no to God for years because I felt I was unqualified and, and not gifted enough and not talented enough and not good-looking enough and, and not a good enough speaker, and I just couldn't do this. I couldn't do what you're calling me to do. I, I grew up in this, in this kind of framework in my mind, and, and I feel like there's people here that are sitting on the sidelines because they feel like, ah oh, man, I just, I just can't. That's not, that's not me. Just as God called Philip to rise and go, I believe that He calls all of us who have come alive in Christ to rise and go, equipped with the Holy, uh, empowered by the Holy Spirit, equipped with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's calling every single one of us to rise and go. I think it's hard. This is this is hard for me. Right. The hardest part for me is that I don't know every single detail of God's plan. Before I say yes sometime. Man, I want to know it all. I want to start, you know the phrase, start with the end in mind, right? I want to know what's going to happen, and then I'll say yes, right? I want to know every detail, and then I say yes, right? Uh, I want to know everything that's going to happen, every stumbling block, every failure. Before I commit to anything, I want to know the details. Anybody with me this morning? Anybody feel the same way? That's my life. I feel that uh, about myself. We are people obsessed with having control over our situation and forget often that we serve a sovereign God. Yes, God, I love you. Yes, God, I trust you, but first, let me know what's going to happen first. You know what I'm saying? Um, I believe God, I believe God works powerfully through those who say yes, even to the first step. Uh, take, Take a moment and think, just to yourself, think on a moment when God called you to do something, and you did it, okay? Think right now, a moment when, when God told you to do something or God spoke to you in a certain way, maybe it was to give uh, extravagantly, maybe it was to go somewhere, maybe it was to go to, to a neighbor and invite them to church. I and mean, you didn't know what he was going to say or she was going to do, but, but you knew God was calling you to invite them, so you did. Maybe it was to go on a mission trip, right? And you didn't know how you were going to get the funds to, to, to go on this trip. But you said, okay, I'm going to go in faith and, and trust that God will provide for me. Maybe it was to, to speak the gospel and engage with someone with the gospel, maybe a neighbor, a coworker, a friend, say, I'm going I'm to share Christ with this person, and, and I have no idea how they're going to respond. Man, they might shut me down, but, but you had faith enough and you said yes. Did God move? Did God work? Yes. You went on that trip person came to church you were able to 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 speak the gospel at least to plant a seed see god moves god works and it, and it you don't have to know every detail you just have to say yes he does he works sometimes he just gives us a little right sometimes he just gives us a little and he wants us to say yes and to say yes and to say yes until we see the entire picture of what god is trying to accomplish in our life god simply told philip to go to go from the road that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza. That's it. And he rose and he went. My first point this morning is to take a step of faith. Take a step of faith. Take that first step, step number one. It says in verse 26 Rise and go to the road that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza. That's all he got. Rise and go from Jerusalem to Gaza. See, Philip was a part of a thriving ministry at this point, and there was no reason for him to leave. And an angel of the Lord came to him and said, Hey, rise and go. I want you to go. And he had no idea why. There could be a million different reasons that God would want him to do this. See, we know the end of the story, right? But for Philip, he was getting one step at a time. My wife and I have a similar testimony. We knew that God was calling us to missions but didn't exactly know what that looked like or or how we would do it, like I said. We didn't know step two, but we said yes to step one. And so we said yes, not knowing how we were going to accomplish this. You see, we had no connections, had no strategy. We had no idea how to plant a church. My dad planted a church 30 years ago. Doug, it was a lot different planting a church 30 years ago than it is planting now, right? And, And so I had no idea how I was going to do this. I had no idea how I was going to raise the support uh, build a strategy, raise up a team around us, but I, but I said yes. Finally, I said yes. And about two weeks after I committed, my my wife and I committed. There's a church in Nashville that gave me a call. And they said, hey, we heard your story. And I said, I wasn't telling my story. Uh, I, how did, how'd you hear my story? And they said, well, we heard it somehow. I'm like, okay, cool. So uh, they brought me in. They said, hey, listen, I don't know if this is needed or, or necessary, but, but we want to bring you on staff for a year, and we want to give you a strategy. We want to give you a plan. We want to give you support. And we want to give you opportunity to raise support and and, and to meet with churches like Cross Life East to, to help support you. And we want to build up a team around you. What do you say about that? This is what I say. I believe that we serve a God that doesn't just call. We serve a God that equips, that empowers, that enables, that that, that provides for us everything we need to do what he's calling us to accomplish. Aren't you glad we serve a God that doesn't just call and leave us on our own, but he he equips, he gives us everything we need to, to do what he's calling us to do. That was my story. Guys, that can be your story. That has been some of your stories. Say yes to God, even if it's just the first step. These last few years have been kind of a blur, but one thing has been very clear. We said no to God for years and seemed to just kind of wander. Anybody wandering this morning? We said no for a few years and just seemed to wander. But the moment we said yes, the God of creation created a way to accomplish his good works in our obedience. Take a step of faith this morning. Say yes to God. We continue to see this in the story of Philip. Uh, Point number two, trust in God's sovereignty. So take a step of faith this morning, but also trust in God's sovereignty. This is where we come into the context of the Ethiopian. Who is this guy? Who's this Ethiopian? Well, he's, he, he's an Ethiopian. He's on his way back from uh, Ethiopia or on his way back to Ethiopia from Jerusalem. He was an African, which means that for the first time, probably uh, the gospel is now beginning to span over ethnic people groups, which is amazing. This man is most likely a God seeker. He's trying to understand who God is, yet just doesn't seem to have someone that tells him One of the reasons is because he was a eunuch, he was denied access to the temple. He was denied access to the assembly, so there was nobody really to tell him. He didn't have a church service to go to and hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was searching, he was seeking, but there was no one to tell him. So here he is on his way back, home to Ethiopia, and as he's journeying home, God sends Philip. Come on, and the Holy Spirit directs Philip to, to go over and join this chariot. In an amazing act of sovereignty, God knew exactly when and where to send Philip. I don't think we realize how sweet this is, how, how sovereign this is. It's just the right moment and the right time, God sends Philip, and I'll prove it. The timing was perfect because we see that, that when he arrives, he's reading some scripture, Okay but not just any scripture. Let me remind you, uh, we read some in the Acts passage, but let me kind of go back a little bit and remind you some of what he was reading. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief, and is one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was... Pierced from for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. This is what he is reading. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. This is us. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Guys, the purpose of this section is kind of twofold in Isaiah. It's number one, to bring to light the the glory of God, right, through the Son, Jesus Christ, but to, to show to us the salvation that comes through the cross of Christ, right? So this picture of Jesus Christ, the gospel, so it brings to light this, but at the same time, it brings to light the sinfulness of mankind, the rejection of mankind. Can you think of a better passage of Scripture to start a gospel conversation? Can you, can you imagine Philip as he's hearing this? And he's like, okay, God, team me up. I'm ready to go. Here we go. What do we got to work with? And he said, here it is. It's incredible to see the provision of God and to see, I mean, can you imagine the joy of Philip as he starts this? What a perfect place for a gospel conversation. And not only that, but the Ethiopian asks the perfect question. He says this, about whom I asked: does the prophet say? About himself? Or about someone else? Can you sense Philip right now? He just gets asked this question. I mean, he's just about to blow, right? He's just about to blow up. He's like, um, someone else. He's talking about someone else. His name is Jesus. Let me tell you about him. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the joy as he considers the power of God in this moment? Oh, what a God we serve. Oh, what a God that's, that, that, that we serve, that, that provides for us not only the, the, the calling, but the opportunities that we need to pursue him and pursue his people. Guys, this is true for us. This is just as true for us this morning. If you haven't experienced this, and this is going to be hard, get ready. If you haven't experienced opportunities like this this morning, chances are you keep saying no to God. You wonder why your life is dry and seems void of the presence of God. Maybe it's because you keep telling him no. Say yes to God. Say yes to God this morning. And speak God's word. My last point. So so take a step of faith, right? This morning, take a step of faith. Say yes to God. Trust in his sovereignty. And, and then... Speak God's word. Honestly, this is the easiest point. This is simple. This is a piece of cake compared to the other steps of faith that you're taking. Speak God's word. Um, then Philip opens his mouth, verse 35, and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And God didn't have to tell Philip what to do next. As I told you before, he's hearing this question about whom does, does the prophet say this, about himself or someone else, and then here Philip goes, Okay. Here we go. Beginning with the scripture, he opens his mouth and shares with him the gospel of Jesus Christ. He opens his mouth and out comes the gospel, right? And the Bible tells us he starts with Isaiah. And through a series of texts, he explains who Jesus is and what he did. And no doubt he tells this man of the, of the glory of God and the holiness of who he is. No doubt he tells this man of the sinfulness of mankind, that that he is lost and he is broken, right? And he is sinful and he has these chains on his life and he needs a savior. And and no doubt he tells this man that that Jesus Christ who who lived a perfect life and died a horrible death on the cross and was raised three days later has the power to save, has the power to heal. No doubt he told this man all of these things uh, as as they journeyed along. And some people need to hear that this morning. God has the power to save through the cross of Jesus Christ. If we take a step of faith and say yes to him, he has the power to heal, heal our brokenness, heal our marriages, heal our relationships, heal the things that are going on in our life and give us a hope and a joy in this life and an eternal hope and joy in the next. He has the power to do that for those who would say yes to him this morning. Now, in another act of sovereignty, you know what's coming next. They pass by what? A body of water, right? Okay, so first we sense this joy in Philip as he's like, God, I can't believe you're doing this. Look what you're doing. How incredible are you, the sovereignty over God? And then all of a sudden, the Ethiopian sees, oh, wait, there's a body of water. Now you sense the joy in the Ethiopian as he sees this body of water. And you can sense this joy as the Ethiopian says, what prevents me from being baptized? right? He was a man from a cursed nation. He was denied access to the the temple. He was on a lonely desert road about a five-month trek back to a pagan land. He had every right to be angry at God and disgruntled at the church, but God placed his favor and his affections upon him that day. Remember what I said, five-month journey back to his home. What an incredible act of God's just kindness to his people to provide this water in the middle of this desert. Verse 39, and when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and this might be my favorite line, and went on his way (coughs) rejoicing. Rejoicing. Changed forever forever watch this this is important and, and and i'm not sure and we're not told Doug, my, my dad said this often when he was preaching. When he kind of went off on a on a tangent, he said, "Hey, this is Holy Assumption." Okay, so we're not told this in, in, in exactly, and this is um, not uh, told us uh, told to us in, in this passage. But I have to think that he kept reading a few more chapters as he went on his way rejoicing. Don't you think he kept reading the Bible? And he's in Isaiah fifty three. Don't you think he got to Isaiah fifty six just a few chapters later as he's riding along rejoicing what God has done? And if he did, he would have gotten to this verse. Verse 3 in chapter 56, it says, let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, the Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, behold, I am a dry tree. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath, who choose the things that please me and hold fast to my covenant. I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Praise God. In another act of sovereignty, we see this encouragement to this guy going back to this pagan land, this foreigner, this eunuch saying that your name will not be cut off. I have reserved for you a place in heaven. I have for you a seat in heaven. You, my son, I will see one day. Praise God. Can you imagine the joy as he's rejoicing as he's journeying back home, as he's reading this passage? Unbelievable. And then tradition has that this man went home to Ethiopia sharing the, the gospel to many in that land, foreigners who became followers of Jesus Christ. Can I challenge us with something as I close? I've learned a lot in this season. I've met a lot of people, uh, whether it be other church planners or, or, or pastors or, or even people kind of discerning their own calling. I've sat down with a lot of people that has said, man, I think I might want to go. I think I might want to go serve with you. I think I might want to give in this way, but I'm, I'm just not quite sure, right? I want to make it very simple for us this morning. Calling doesn't always mean vocation. Calling doesn't always come in the form of some grand adventure. Calling is simply spending time with God, hearing from Him, and being obedient to say yes when He speaks. Being obedient to say yes to step one, even if you don't know step two, when He calls. That could be as simple as finally inviting a friend to church. That could mean finally giving extravagantly like you've been wanting to give. That means That could mean going on a mission trip or going and sharing Christ with someone. If you're walking in his spirit, he is sovereign to guide your steps. It's not as complicated as we think. I was a college pastor uh, for the last 10 years. And, and when we would meet a new student, some of you might remember this, when we'd meet a new student on campus, we'd go up to them and we'd ask them three questions, right? What's your name? What's your, 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 uh, your age or your, your class, right? What's your grade? And then what's the third question? What's your major, right? And so here, watch this. You're, te- you're asking an 18-year-old, right, what are you going to do and commit to right now that's going to propel you into a career for the next 50, 60 years of your life, right? Commit now. Tell me now. What are you doing for the rest of your life? Man, that's a lot of pressure. Man, don't, don't put that on me. What if I mess up? What if I make a mistake? Well, what if I choose the wrong major? What if I choose the wrong career? What if I do this and, and it's a failure, and so then you have people like changing majors like six, seven, eight times. For Trenton, it was nine times. And so like you have these people that are wandering and that, that, are, that, that are doing it. And so it's unclear. And I want to tell you something. It's not as complicated as we make it God's call in our life. Spend time in his word. Listen to him and be faithful and obedient to say yes when he calls to step one. And he will provide step two. And say yes, and step three, and say yes, and step four, and say yes, I promise you, say yes to God this morning. So the question this morning as we close, as as we respond, is how is God calling you to rise and go? How is God calling you to rise and go? For those here today who have never really decided to follow Christ, I I can't be more simple than this. Just like Philip and the Ethiopian, God has called you here for a reason. God has called you here for a reason. Don't don't miss this opportunity. God has called you today to come to this church. Maybe this is your first time. Maybe this is your hundredth time, but you've never truly decided to follow Christ. Today is that day to say yes to step one. This truly is your step one, right? Say yes, yes to God today. For those of you here who have faith in Christ, yet struggle to see God's moving and calling in your life, say yes to God even when you don't know what's next. For some of you, God's calling you to go. Man, Trent and I have the sign-up sheet out front. We'll sign you up today to come to L.A. with us. Some of you, maybe this morning, God's calling you to go to L.A. with us. Some of you, this morning, God's calling you to go to your neighbor. Some of you, God is calling to give extravagantly in a way to this church to provide for for partners like like Trent and I and the others that are here this morning. God is calling you to say yes this morning. Like I said earlier, if you see the void of God in your life, maybe it's because you keep telling him no when he calls. Say yes to him this morning. And for some of you, for many of you this morning, you're in the middle of it. You've said yes. You're saying yes. Man, I've heard stories all weekend of people um, that are saying yes um, s- sweet Betty, who, who, who Trent and I have stayed with, we just see the yes is on the table constantly with her. It's just yes after yes after yes. We've hung out with Elijah this weekend, and we just see this yes and yes and yes. Some of you are in the middle of it, and let me tell you this. Sometimes it gets cloudy. Sometimes it gets hard to see, but I want to give you some encouragement. Even though you don't know the end of the story, even if you don't know step two or three or four, the God, uh, the author of salvation knows the entire story. And we can walk and trust in Him faithfully as He calls us. Pray with me this morning, Heavenly Father. We love You. I thank You for Your Word. I thank You for uh, how You have moved in, in, in our lives, uh, specifically to be here in this moment, in this time, Lord. I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's just luck, Lord. You've called um, uh, those here this morning to attend this service for a reason. Lord, I pray that you would call us out uh, like, like the song we heard before that, that Patrick led. Lord, here I am, send me, whatever that may be. For some of you, that that's that saying yes to God for the first time. Uh, so we're going to have a chance to respond. That, that is your first step. Respond to him this morning. Would you be so bold to give your life to Christ and say, God, I, I don't know what's next, but that's okay. I'm going to say yes now and trust that you will have what's best for me next. For some of those uh, you hear, God is calling you to do something. God is calling you maybe to, uh, to, to, to start a ministry, to, to serve in this church. You, you say, man, I've, Doug has asked me every week, would you serve? And I keep on telling "No." I keep on having this excuse. Maybe this morning you would say yes to serve. Maybe this morning you would say yes to go. Maybe this morning you would say yes to give. Just step back and watch God move in his sovereignty in your life. For those in the middle, press on. God, would you allow them to press on this morning? Would you provide with abundance, your favor in their life to pursue you and to pursue your people through the calling that you've called them into. There are missionaries in this room right now, Lord. Would you bless them? Would you provide for their needs in this season, Lord, as they are sent out after this weekend is over? Lord, would you provide for them specifically some sweet missionaries that we've met this morning? Would you provide, Lord, as I'm praying, Lord, would, would this congregation pray, would you provide for them and their need? Would you open up doors? Would you break down walls, Lord, for your gospel to be heard? Lord, we love you, and we need you, and we trust in you. And this morning, we are saying yes to you. It's your name we pray. Amen.